already. All right, welcome to the See Where Goes podcast. My name is Brian Ralph, and this is Finn Ralph. And who's Finn Ralph? I'm Brian Ralph's daughter. Okay, good. So some listeners might have got worried mm-hmm. that Bridget disappeared and I remarried. You know. Yeah, true. And then like six. two weeks. How many? How long have y'all been gone? Well, uh, I've been gone for a few weeks, but your mother and yourself did do a recording last week. So my joke Not doesn't even last land. Week. Oh, it was a few days ago. Yeah, it's pretty soon. So, um, yeah, we're doing a, uh, we thought we'd do it. A, I, a, we'll ha- we usually name this at the end, you know, the podcast at the end. But I was thinking we could call it the pride of a father. Facts. Do you have any better titles? Um, well, you know, what? you can, na- you'll name it at the end. Okay, maybe, do, yeah. Do you remember what you named the first one? We didn't name anything. It was just see where it goes. Pod- or mom named it. Yeah. I don't know what she named pride it. Pride edition. What would you have named the first one that happened a few days ago? Part one. Probably... Um, yeah, Mother's Pride, maybe, and then Father's Pride. Um, ah, I like it, yeah, it's very good. Um, it's your idea, but okay. So, uh, I thought we would just continue that theme, and then maybe towards the end, we usually do something fun, like what are you, what media are you consuming? Like, maybe there's some shows and TVs you can tell us about. Oh, that's fun. So, a little bit about where we are, because if people hear noises, where are we, Finney? At the Pearl. Where's that? Uh, it is in San Antonio, right by the Riverwalk, but not... It's not downtown by the Riverwalk because I don't like that. That's gross. It's really quaint and it's a, it's actually an old brewery. And then they kind of made it into, like, there's now the Hotel Emma. And then they also have little shops and coffee shops. So we're currently at Local Coffee. Car- local Coffee. We're sitting outside Local Coffee. It's we're not lovely, bothering yeah. everybody inside. Yeah. And it is 7.39 currently and there's no one here, practically. They open at seven, yeah. And it'll get kind of crazy down here as the time, so it might get louder. You hear dog dogs barking as we proceed into the episode. Yeah. I was listening to part one. I had heard you did it, and I was my um, friend Jackie mentioned something about it, and I didn't quite understand until I saw the episode come through. But I was, I was um, removing tiles, and uh, in the yeah. new house, and I very much enjoyed the episode. And I thought you did a very good job asking Thank you. questions and. Um, You've got a funny sense of humor that I don't... That I was able to hear from the outside. <laughs> I'm so funny, guys. You're so funny. Just kidding. So, uh, I thought today... Because I feel like... Um, um, episode one was about your journey. Um, I, I, out of the closet. I feel like out of the closet is maybe an old term. Yeah, Do you prob- still use it? Yeah. some people. Yeah, people definitely use it. Um, but it's becoming more of a norm to not... Um, not making it a stigma to come out so you don't have to feel pressure to come out because it's not necessary per se but um you a lot of people still do and that's fine too i have this image in my head of a butterfly coming out of its whatever you call that sh- not shell cocoon. cocoon and the wings are rainbow wings and the butterfly has just become what they were always supposed to be yeah as opposed to I think that's cool. you think that's cool okay yeah so, um, but I thought uh, uh, in, in last episode, if you've not listened to the last episode, you might want to, because my wife's journey, uh, well, you heard of Finn's journey, and then you heard a little bit about uh, you coming out to mom, and yeah. then I thought we'd talk about when you came out to me, and then um, take it from there. All right. So, So yeah. I can give them a little, little backstory. I never, came out, I never came out to him. Yeah. Um, I think I did know, even though my mom was raised in a more, like, a sh- I, I guess you could say stricter religious household. I, my dad, I could, t- I could, I just had this feeling that he was more, he was more religious. And that's probably because he was in the process of planning a church while I was coming out. So then I ended up, tell, I ended up asking my mom to tell him after I came out because I didn't feel comfortable telling him. Not that I, th- I didn't think he would, like, love me, but I also didn't come out to Liam. So it really wasn't anything against my dad i came out to callum and i came out to my mom and i didn't come out to liam either because it was i don't know it was i didn't want to i guess so i didn't come out to who i didn't want to come out to i just kind of let liam figure it out and i had my mom tell my dad so do you remember that conversation I how do. it went with no, mom i do can i can i know one thing you don't know you don't you do know about me but it comes across in these podcasts is my need for control to control the podcast when i was listening to the podcast you were you were referring to my mom they would say my mom and I would get confused. So can I, can we try something? We're just yeah. going to do this like we're having a conversation. 
So forget that they're there, that the recording's there. Just just talk to me okay, as thanks. if we're having a conversation. See if it goes differently. All right. So you can you. Why didn't you want to come out to me? Oh, you just answered that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I was too busy thinking about uh, controlling how you talked into the That's fine. microphone. How how was it for you when um, uh, mom came out? Or I, mom told you? Yeah, you I did. didn't. Well, I did. It came out of nowhere. I didn't expect it at all. Um, like. Mom saw it coming. She did? She always told me she didn't. Well, no, here's what I mean by that. Like, you were always a tomboy, right? Yeah. That's that's a term we would have used. She uh, talked about that, yeah. And uh, when I look back at pictures now, I see it's, it's really obvious. Like, there was a picture of you in your, in, your, in your hat, your soccer gear. You look like a little boy. Yeah. I never would have thought that at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, but that's, that's, that's assuming you can couple tomboys with people who are women or gay. I don't think that. I think that's probably a stereotype, yeah, right? it is. So... Um, I remember walking down the hallway and uh, I felt dizzy um, like a bit dizzy in the sense of holy crap like oh my gosh uh, and I think the first thought I had was oh I'm gonna walk you down the aisleway and there'll be a woman there and uh, and I mean I think you know that's been a few years ago that's that's not a that's not a, a freaky thought now you know yeah. what I mean and uh, I went into your room and, and um, I just said, hey, Finn, did you want to talk? And, and then you put the sheet covers over your head, <laughs> which made me really sad because I was thinking like, why, like you'd never shown that before. And I was thinking like, why would she need to hide from me? Like, why would she be afraid? Because that told me that you were afraid. Well, don't think that scarred me because I have no memory of that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I didn't think. I mean, I think uh, our relationship was really strong to, to weather what yeah. I would have seen as something very disruptive. Yeah. And, uh, but I do remember you pulling the covers over your head and um, that made me sad because my first thought was there's nothing can separate us. Was I crying or no? No, you were, it just looked like you were, you were embarrassed, embarrassed or afraid. Yeah. And that made me, yeah, I just remember feeling very sad. Like, like, do you think that sheet's gonna hide you from me? Yeah. You know, and I, uh, yeah, and, and um, there's a scripture that talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God, and I think I think of that when I think of like, um, not like you know, I'm, that's never going to change, and like yeah. nothing's going to change that. And uh, yeah, and then uh, as you said, we uh, we were it was October. We had announced the church plan before that. We were building the church group, and then I just it it was a very friendly. I mean, it's a great church. It was a great church. I loved it loved the leadership but I knew they weren't officially affirming and I yeah. sensed that there would be some people in that group some people who were probably big donors to the church who would give you shit about it and I was concerned about for your psychological safety in that environment I still think I think they still are the same way I've heard yeah 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 um, which means they haven't changed which is but I think yeah, I think my struggle was more like theological so I'd, I'd been through seminary and read a lot of um, scripture passages on on um, homosexuality and so I think that then I had to wrestle through that and I do remember you and I went for a walk and I was asking you questions and I was still nervous and I think I remember that I remember asking you like well, hey when you see a girl do you feel and I was describing how I felt when I was your age towards a girl yeah and I was trying to get a feel for and I realized, oh, she feels the same way about a girl as I felt about a girl at her age. Yeah. And, um, like, I wasn't concerned about your soul. That's not what my concern was because um, my interpretation of the scriptures at the time would have been it's all about how, it's all about our relationship to Jesus, our relationship to God. It's not about all this other stuff that happens. So, I mean, I I could could ramble on, so I I don't want to... what questions do you have or right. where do you want to go with this? I probably should have thought about all these questions before. No, no, I okay, well, I can keep going can... and then we can just keep it a conversation. And then well, if I can you... think of... Yeah. I can think of... Okay, well, this is... Uh, I don't want to ask that because it's not about me. What do you mean it's, it's not about... about Callum. Okay, go ahead. I don't care. Go do whatever you want. This okay. is see where it goes, so there's no rules. What was the... Because there's... There is a stigma around... Um, wait, I don't think I... Does Callum's no. Okay. Never mind, guys. I'm not talking about that. Um... Let me see. Let me think of another a, a question. Oh, I think what? I know. What, I think I know where you were going with that. If you're, if one of my sons had come out gay, would I have felt differently? Were you gonna go around? Yeah, that? yeah. 
I think that would have been harder. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I think, um, yeah, walking my... Well, I wouldn't... Would I walk my son down the aisle to, to no. hand him off to a guy? No. I think that would have been harder. I think... Um, they just decide which one walks down. Or they walk down together. It depends on what they want to do. You know, but I think... Um, so, it, it, I guess, like, if, if... I think if one of my sons did come out, I'd be... I'd be more open at the than I was. And, and I know that's probably... No, but it's, messed up, but it it's, just, it's just... It's um, just... Um, but you know, as I look back, as I heard you guys talk about a bit about my reaction, I realized, hey, this is this is a I'm making this all about me, you know, and I'm making it all about me and the church plant and how will it look and all that stuff. And some of that's just human. I think you were very gracious, though, in the sense of I remember saying, oh, in that same conversation I brought up, I remember saying to you, hey, I've always felt like because there was cases, you know, through my seminary years right here of somebody coming out and then and then the parent would suddenly make a shift in their theology and I remember thinking well I, if, if I change my mind on it I want it to be coming from a place of sincerity like I, I, I want to be able to wrestle with the interpretation of the text mm-hmm. and, and be able to land in a place that makes sense and you, I think you were like yeah that makes sense Yeah. and I think you talked about that in the last podcast of you've got to allow people their time to process yeah I mean, one option was never you're, we're going to kick you out. That's just. Yeah. I also like. I, I knew at the time that I had a feeling that 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 um, conversion therapy was a bad idea, and I remember reading a uh, a PDF about eighty pages long. I didn't read it all about from the American Psychological Association about the dangers of conversion therapy and what mm-hmm. it does to people. And I remember looking at a lot of data around that, like that's a bad idea. But I don't think I ever like. I don't think I ever seriously looked at that yeah um probably good thing yeah yeah i mean because um i made my joke in the other podcast though well, well, oh yeah that's a great place to find <laughs> a, a date place to find, to uh, find yeah. girls yeah so i think um that was that and um oh i remember so i went to pride parade i was very scared going there because you wanted to go that was impressive i was very impressed by that that he went. What was shocking though, like there was such a night, there was such a, 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 a kind sense in the air. Just yep. a, there was just this sense of love, and I don't know what to describe. I remember walking through the parade in the evening time, and uh, I do well in the daytime. But first of all, it was terribly hot. It was so 2019, hot. was it? Yeah, it was. And uh, you know, at first, you know, there was a drag queen on stage, and. And then they were doing lip syncing, and I was like, that's odd, like, why are you just saying? So, there yeah. were, you know, this was new terror. I didn't know anything about that, but the evening time with the parade coming through, I do remember, um, yeah, there was just this lovely sense in the air. Yeah, there was this... peace. There was just one woman, um, it was during the parade, and I, I ended up getting a spot right on the fence, like, looking at, at the parade. Yeah. And this one woman, I think she was in her, like, 40s or 50s, and this was, like, after I had just been out like a not that long because it was i came out in 2019 i think um no. and she was walking no 2018 end of eight, october 18 i think oh damn okay he remembers oh, yeah because uh because it was june of 19 we went to the parade and then covid shut it down in 20 i do remember that but um yeah i guess i'd been on a while and she this lady in the crowd this lady that was on the in the parade well, <laughs> she, yeah. she Sorry. Okay. was like That's in her so 40s yeah. maybe yeah and she like turned and she looked at me and she like pointed at me and she goes, baby gay. And then she ran over out of the parade and came and just gave me a hug and then she went back. Oh, that's funny. And that was really cute. And there was this other lady who tried to give me one of her little mini pride flags. And I didn't know she was trying to give it to me until the lady in front of me took it and I wanted to hit her in the face. I was like, that was meant for me. But, you know, it's funny. I never think about that. When anymore. we went, there, I do remember some thoughts when we went there. I remember you running to the, to play on the swings with Callum. And I remember, how old were you? How old do you know? You're 18. Not, say, 18. So you were 15? Yeah. And oh, I wow. Re- I remember, Jeez. like, getting scared because it's like, she's still a kid. Like, maybe this will pass. Yeah. Um, I'd even talked to a guy at work who was gay and talked to him about it. And uh, he had said, you know, well, it could change, you know. Uh, um, but I remember like thinking like, my gosh, she's, um, is she being influenced by this community because she's so young? So they were concerns of mine, like are they trying to recruit her into the, uh, and, and now at this time, this is June of 19, I had left 
the church, I'd stepped down as a pastor and it mm -hmm. wasn't uh, because of that reason. There was other things I was struggling with. There was um, things, not in the church, but in evangelicalism in general, there was some struggles that I was trying to walk through. And, yeah. uh, but I remember wondering like, is, it, is she being influenced by this community, this social media? Because in, in, have you heard of the gay agenda? Yeah. So <clears throat> in, in our circles we were in, that's an agenda that was trying to con convert kids. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, what do you know about the gay agenda? So the gay agenda, I mean, it's not like a, it's not a thing. Well, to me, it's not a thing, but to a lot of like, especially to like religious families and religious groups, the gay agenda is basically where they think that gay people specifically have an agenda to make everybody they know or like a lot of people gay because they want they want to recruit everybody and make everybody gay that's my interpretation of what the gay what the gay agenda is yeah but i do not agree with that i think what people interpret as the gay agenda is queer people and people that are lgbtq just trying to make um kids feel like they are welcome and that if they are struggling with that that it is okay to be uh, queer it is okay to be part of the LGBTQ community and like trying to make sure that everybody feels like they are accepted if they were to come out but it's not nobody's ever trying I mean obviously there's weird people that are trying to make people gay but that's definitely not the, the majority of gay people like we're not trying to go and make other people gay yeah because that's not a thing that you can just like choose to be you know so yeah so I had a question I just thought of yes now um <laughs> I, I feel like you becoming gay and then not becoming a Christian happen at the same time. Is that um, just coincidence or was there a connection? I think there, I, I definitely don't think, I, I mean, it could have correlated, but I ended up not becoming a Christian a couple years after I came out. So I was, I was still religious for at least a year, maybe two, while I was queer. And I still don't, I still wouldn't say I'm an I'm an atheist. I don't think yeah, I would yeah. say I'm an atheist. I'm more of like a, I guess, like I'm, I guess I would say I'm, like a lot of people say this, I guess I'm kind of spiritual. Yeah. Like I do believe that I, I think there might be a higher power, but I don't, I don't um, depend on there being one for me to be able to live. Like I'm content with the people that I have in my life and the things that I have that I don't need a higher power to give me that sense of comfort i guess because yeah. he or because god whatever god is and because i don't think they're a man or a woman but i never felt that comfort from from them because i tried i definitely tried when i was younger but i didn't not that you always have to hear something from god to have faith but i don't know it just never it didn't really give me comfort that much yeah um, but i don't think I mean, I, I guess part of it was just because I've seen how a lot of, not all churches, but a lot of religious groups act towards queer people, and it makes me really mad because I saw this TikTok earlier, and it was this guy talking about how there's people that are religious, and they there's people that are religious and accepting, and they're picking and choosing what to believe in the bible and he says you can't pick and choose which i do think you can pick and choose but at the same time if you're going to believe if you're gonna believe in the bible i feel like you need to take it as a whole or else you're not i don't i mean that's not for me to say though but so let me just you can pick and choose and have whatever beliefs you want which i agree with that you can do whatever you want with what you're given but it is a book of like rules. Like, yes, that can be interpreted, but sorry, are you saying that you should you if you're gonna believe in the Bible, you should do all or nothing or pick and choose? I'm saying I feel like it should be all or nothing, but that's I mean I don't think that everybody has to do that. But it there are so many people that are picking and choosing, which I think is fine because I used to do that and yeah. I, I did for a long time. Because but I talked to Liam about it at one point, and I was like kind of having a not really a debate because he always beats me in debates but um we were talking about what it says about gay people in the bible and we were talking this and that and whatever and i was like yeah in the bible it doesn't say is it there's anything wrong with being gay i don't know what i said and he was like 
um, he was like, oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, there, or I don't. This was, a, this was a conversation a long time ago. Yeah. But I was basically trying to pick and choose what I wanted to believe to fit yeah. who I was. Yeah. Which didn't make sense. That's why I like having Liam's perspective because he he sees it as what it is. And then, like, that's I think that's part of the reason Liam's not, he's an atheist. Not because of the gay thing, but because he, not everything made sense to him. Well, it's interesting. Uh, can we go there for a sec? Yeah. On the theological side of it. So I think when I was, we were doing the church, church plant in the living room. I remember looking out once and there was two images I saw. There was you standing in the back, way back hallway. And then there was him in the very front seat with his frown on his face. Yeah. And um, here's the I- image it put in my head. Not that this is true. I think, you, what you're, I think it is true what you're going to say now. So, I, so let me just... So you, every time you would stand in the, f- the furthest back to the point where you were not really... It looked like you weren't really part of the community, like you weren't comfortable being in the inner parts of it. And you'd always stand in the far back. But like you were willing to listen to me and you were smiling. And then I felt that was metaphoric for the way it would be for you if I stayed in evangelicalism, that you'd always be in the outside, not part of that inner group. And then with Liam, he would sit up front and ask. He would frustrate me because he asked really good questions that I would get stumped by. Yeah. <laughs> and then other people would answer them with pat answers that I'd heard before that weren't strong answers. Yeah. In other words, his questions were really good. Like he asked one and I just couldn't answer it. And I reached out to an Old Testament scholar and he gave a good answer and I brought it back to Liam and it still didn't convince him. But I felt like Liam, you know, we kind of raised him to all you guys to, to know Logic 101. And Especially him, he knows he's... Yeah, and it was just, he just couldn't tie it together. So he would have this look of frustration. And then, of course, in when he left the Christian homeschool, he just basically looked at the Bible and said, I'm sorry, I just, I can't, I just can't believe this. I can't tie it together. Yeah, because he's a very, he's a very logic-based person. And if yeah. stuff doesn't all make sense, yeah, then it's not right for him which i like he i mean he's not gonna listen to this but like he struggled with like the idea of hell for so long yeah so did callum but then i don't know if i never struggled with that and i feel like part of that was me maybe it was me understanding that i was part of the church at the time so i wasn't afraid that anything was gonna happen but even after i kind of stopped believing in like the church and and someone in religion I still never had that fear of hell, and I still don't. And maybe that's because deep down I don't believe in it. Yeah. Because that's what Liam would tell me. I was like, yeah, I'm really not scared of it. And he was like, do you believe it's true? And I was like, I mean, maybe. And he was like, well, you're obviously the only reason you're not scared of it is because you don't believe in it. And I was like, I don't think that's necessarily true. I'm just not. Ever since I was a kid, I never had. I never had those kind of fears. Like, I never had a fear of something that I couldn't that I couldn't really see. My fears have always been, not that Liam and Calum's fears weren't real, they weren't like, fe- they weren't, um, what's the word? Uh, what is the word? That their fears weren't acknowledged or like that yeah. they couldn't have those fears, but mine were always like things that you could actually like happen. You Mike Pence over there with all the flies I on know. your head. Do you want to, I mean, if we can move inside and then you hold the mic close if it gets annoying. No, because okay. it's gonna be loud. Yeah. But not that their fears weren't okay to have and like they didn't it's not that they didn't make sense, but mine were always things that could actually happen to me. Um like being my biggest fear has always been being um like kidnapped. I don't know why. And yeah. like tortured. Like tor- being tortured is like one of my biggest fears. I don't know why. It's weird. Um It's funny your grandmother, you, my mom's mom always said to mom, "Don't don't believe just if you're going to be afraid, be afraid of the living, not the dead. In other words, yeah. she was saying, like, don't be afraid of ghosts. Be afraid of actual people who yeah. can hurt you. So it's funny you say that. And I think the reason I'm afraid of that is because I've always been... Well, I guess that stems to my actual fear is my mom finding out that I was kidnapped or that I yeah. was dead. That's, like, my biggest fear. Because, like, I'm not scared of myself dying i'm scared of dying before her and then her having to deal with me uh, being dead 
that taps into your compassion for people. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of wish, look, I'm going to make some notes here. Speaking of compassion for people, um, I want to just talk, I want to do a slight side, side turn. I had a, uh, you've always been very thoughtful. Like like we went out on a date the other night, and you had our you cleaned our room, and you had that you know, that lo-fi thing that concentration music on and you did it again last night thanks for doing that you're welcome you're like you're always thinking of people like you always know my favorite candy or different things but like that's that's in you from birth like there was a time where um the the earliest memory of your compassion was when you were still in diapers and you were just walking and my friend eli god rest his soul came over and he was on the he was towards the end of his chemo yeah so his just to make it in a cab to our house it was a lot of energy to, for him to expel and he arrived it was winter too by the way or was it winter yeah it was a year it was around january you're about a year old or so but um he walked in sat on the couch sweating bullets again this is you don't normally sweat bullets when you take a cab in winter in chicago to, to a house but it was so much energy to to do that anyway he sat down sweating bullets and you saw him sweating and you walked over to the pile of fresh diapers, grabbed one, and you put it on his lap and said, here, EI, you couldn't even say his name. Yeah, I said EI. To wipe his sweat. And he just looked at me with, like, his heart just melted. Like, oh my gosh, this little girl just met my need. So I've always loved that about you, and it's never changed, so. I still remember, I still remember, I have one memory of him. Yeah. How old was I when he passed? Let's see, he passed in November 09. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, I was five. So you were five, yeah. Yeah, I remember we went to that, that I don't know, I just called it the Opa restaurant because it oh. was like where they lit the cheese on fire and it was like, Opa. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. And we went, we went there yeah, with him, Yeah, right? we went there before he died. Yeah, I was, We went I there, that. yeah. Actually, just a few months like. before he died, we went there. He brought us out. I don't remember what he looked like, I don't think, but I remember being there and he was there. I don't yeah. know I know that, but I do. But I want to ask you more questions, but I'm terrible at questions. I'm not terrible no, at questions, No, you actually go to scripture with um, the questions. What... I asked two questions. That's about it. Okay, so um, don't don't just don't don't stress it. No, I know. I'll just when, fill, I'll fill the void with blabbering. That's true. Yeah. What uh, do you mean that's true? What are you trying to say? With that? <laughs> <laughs> when you left the church, was there ever a time when you had talked to um, like some of the leaders of the church about like I don't know if you had left after I came out, but like talking to them about me coming out and if that was helpful or not uh yeah a little bit i mean i i i, I had um talked to uh, one of the leaders and he was very he, he was very open he was very listening very um compassionate he had had a few parishioners who's had kids your age that felt they were but you know he had said you know maybe it'll pass um so um yeah and, and i don't i don't that i don't think that i think that played a tiny part to be honest because I just was struck. I, I I'd gone to seminary assuming I was to be a pastor. Yeah. And I still don't regret seminary because you guys really came alive oh, yeah. there. We all did. And I loved the uh, five years of study. My best friends from there. We'd made great friendships and friends. And but I was you know I struggled with failure. Like oh man, I failed in my calling. You know. Um, and we still don't know where. Like I was in an interview for a coaching thing, and I told the guy. I said, listen. Um, he, met, he saw it on my LinkedIn. He goes, hey, I really want to, in the introduction, I want to mention you were a pastor. I said, you know, I usually don't bring that up in case people take it the wrong way. But he actually, he said, no, you're a coach. And, and uh, this is a big part of, you You know. So he mentioned it in the interview. And they, you know, anyway, what it made me do is to, to put it back on my profile. Because it is part of my story. Yeah. And it does help me listen better. And it does help me prepare speech is better okay but anyway that's neither here nor there for now but um i think uh yeah i think my my uh i did talk so okay let's answer your question i did talk to the leaders (laughs) (coughs) an irishman always makes a short story long i do that too yeah yeah um i think um can i talk a little bit about uh some of my fears yeah oh no no I, i went into counseling after leaving the church because I was just in this difficult mental space and I'd been for the year from the from when they announced the church plant to when I actually left I felt like my body was 
pushing against me and my mind was trying to push it and saying, you've got to do this, got to do this. And I just ran out of steam. I ran out of joy. Yeah. And I talked to an old pastor friend of mine from Chicago. He was very helpful because I just don't feel any excitement in you about this. Maybe you need to take a step back. <clears throat> and I did. And it was, it felt, and mentally, I was shut down, I think, mentally by pushing myself where my body didn't want to go. Anyway, so um, thoughts that I had had and I brought to my counselor because I went into counseling. I said, you know, I'm worried because Finn was very, when she was very lonely when we first got here. She was on the internet a lot. And the counselor just grinned at me and said, that's not how it goes. <laughs> People aren't gay on the internet. Yeah. And she talked about a lot of a lot of people in San Antonio who have this issue this issue being a child comes out as gay and they're and and then the child gets kicked out of the house they have to choose between their church and their child and they choose their, their church, church. Yeah. and she said it's she's not a religious counselor I don't even know her religious background but she says it's kind of off the charts the amount of cases she has Wow and I was wondering if that's because number one we are on the Bible belt number two um, we're in a city and and well we're in a city and at, like a lot of cities there's a more openness to different thoughts right and i'm wondering if um yeah if, if that if if we're seeing more i think we have a high rate of lgbtq people who are homeless here in the city yeah and i wonder if it's because they're there a lot of the churches a lot of the outskirts of san antonio are churches that wouldn't welcome them yeah. And they have to leave home, which is really heartbreaking. There's got to be a better, there's got to be a better way to have a dialogue. Like why should, it's very binary thinking like we're choosing church over child. That's just ridiculous. Yep. There's got to be some space where it's like, okay, let's just take a breath and walk through this. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure a lot of that binary thinking is coming from, you know, the pulpit and from the congregation. So, so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, if I may, because yep. the part I, I want, I read, I was reading a lot and I was very, you know, very stubborn around. I'm not going to make the text say something it's not. And um, I'm going to uh, touch on a few scriptures that are, that are out there. So one, one is around uh, uh, um, from Genesis where, um, losing my train of thought here, where, there's um i've just completely forgot oh abraham and and uh <laughs> and lot lot yeah i don't even know if i have the right scripture i'm kind of getting rusty here but there's basically these strangers they're really angels and they get invited into lot's house and uh these men want to sleep with the angels you know and uh, mm -hmm. the angels blind the men but the, the men are wanting to sleep with the angels right mm -hmm. and they get cursed um now uh in uh, Old Testament professor was saying like that's not a scripture you point to for against homosexuality because later in Ezekiel it says that 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 the reason uh, Sodom because it's actually Sodom is where it happened the reason Sodom, Sodom was condemned was uh, mentioned in Ezekiel hello guys where um, it's it states that um, it the condemnation came from their 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 hatred of strangers or a lot of other things that never mentions homosexuality oh. and home and raping a man was the worst thing you could do to them but it, but but that's a weak scripture to point to another scripture that gets pointed to and i would say one of the hardest ones to get around is in romans one where it talks about that people have disconnected from god and in their disconnected they they rage with lust towards one for another man with man woman with woman right mm -hmm. um so to me to this day that that's a tough one uh, to get around um so we'll leave that on the shelf um, I don't have a whole lot to say. I think I've looked into that. But the other one that commonly gets brought up was, oh, I and I, I had heard this before you came out, and I had heard it in the church that we were going to, which made me think, they're pretty progressive to even take this stance. And one was um, in Corinthians, and it's saying neither the greedy nor the drunkards nor the homosexuals nor the blah, blah, blah will inherit the kingdom of God, right? That's probably the most common one that gets brought yeah, up. Okay. Um, and I remember um, the pastor at the time saying, you know, Okay, let's let's deal with that. And they were very honest about dealing with scriptures that were might be difficult because they would walk through one book at a time or one chapter at a time. And he was saying that um, really that scripture was was pointing to men who were sleeping with boys. And I was that's thinking, okay. So yeah, I was wondering like really I never heard that. And I remember getting all ah, oh, you're not being true to the text. But I actually did some looking at it, and I was thinking I think he's onto something because the literal from what I could look at in the Greek 
uh, it was talking about two, like the word is the modern translation, which really only came in, I think, maybe a few decades ago. Was, a man should not lie with another man. No, what that, that one's, a, um, oh, that one I missed. That's in, that is an Old Testament one. Because so, yeah, I heard that it's mistranslated and that it used to mean a man should not lie with a, like a young boy or something like that. And that it's translated, it's supposed to be like, it's talking about pedophilia and not Oh, so I'm not, I'm not sure. It's that, so I think, I think you're talking about two different scriptures, but I, I could am, be wrong. Yeah, One's old, one man should not lie with another man is an Old Testament one. I'd have to, okay. I'd have to remember and look where it is. It's, it's in the book, probably in the, in the Mosaic Law, but the other one's in Paul, in Paul and Corinthians, I believe, where I looked at the Greek words and the best translation I could have was the penetrator and the penetratee. Mm-hmm. Right, that's, that's it, that's, but that's it. The, the one is penetrating, the one is being penetrated. And it does look like in the context that, that, that we were talking about um, rape of young boys or something. Even though you could literally just be talking about a man and a woman too. Um, yeah, it could be, yeah. But it, what's interesting is that, we've, that, that what about all the other like drunkards, you know? I could be accused of that. I've, I've had my fair, fair share. But where I landed was that most, uh, I had heard someone who had changed their position based on a book called The Civil War, A Theological Understanding by Mark Knoll, K-N-O-L-L, or N-O-L-L. And I was thinking, what a strange book to change your view. That actually was pivotal for me because they talked about how the South justified slavery with scriptures and the North went against slavery with scriptures. And that book actually was very profound in in that the South technically had, had more of a basis to support slavery through scriptures and the north had less does that make sense had less basis in yeah, other really? words you, i mean the bible's racist well you could know we know but well it doesn't mean that because the slavery in the old testament wasn't race-based it was it was oh yeah. yeah it was just like you know but even even slavery in the bible was kinder to slaves like slaves could be set free after after a time they were given they were given the sabbath off i'm sure that didn't happen in the south yeah <laughs> no the reason the north won the argument theologically was they said the general theme of the Bible leans towards grace and freedom. Yeah. Right? And I remember this person saying that when she read that, she was thinking the general uh, feeling of the Bible, even though you might have more stronger scriptures to say it's not there, that the general movement of the Bible is more towards that. Um, But that opened me up to think through another scripture in the Bible that talks about divorce, where it, uh, it, it says God hates divorce, right? And yet, if you look at evangelicalism, well, just that's where I, where I came from. Yeah. 50% of evangelicals divorce, right? And yet it's allowed, and it's allowed on pastoral exception. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, we're, if, if that's the case, if you allow divorce on pastoral exception, why don't you allow gay marriage on pastoral mm-hmm. exception? Because the, the, the view was, a few years ago in evangelicalism was, okay, if you're gay, you've got to be, stay single. Yeah. You just can't act out on it. It's fine to be gay, but you can't act out on it. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, that's fine if you have the gift of singleness. So that's a thing that Paul, the apostle, says. Some people have the gift of singleness, which means they're going to remain single. They don't want to have a partner. Yeah. But I was thinking, wait a minute. I could tell in you that you ha- you wanted to have a partner. Yeah. So if if you're gay, then why don't why wouldn't God give you the gift of singleness too? Yeah. So it just like you had. So, where I guess where I landed was. Why not a pastoral exception for gay people? Mm-hmm. And the reason I think it's not given is, let me give the scenario that's probably the least charitable. If 50% of evangelicals are getting divorced and, they're, and not, on, not necessarily on biblical grounds, when I say that, like my interpret- the common interpretation in evangelicalism, the, the biblical grounds are if there's cheating, cheating happening, yeah or if the non-believing spouse walks away, you can let them walk. But there's a lot of evangelicals who will, you know, bend those scriptures and say, well, you know, whatever, he's looking at pornography, that's kind of cheating, whatever the case may be. My point is that I think a pastoral exception does have to be given for divorce. Yeah. Then why not homosexuality? And let me finally land the point. The reason we're not giving the pastoral exception to homosexuality is because it only makes up 3% of the cases in church. Yeah. That's not going to land on the radar. The fifty percent lands on the radar because if yeah. you if you push against that, you're going to lose fifty percent of your funding, and you're not going to have a church. Get rid of the gays. No one's going to care. They're not going to care. It's three percent or whatever. Yeah. So, um, 
Okay, that was the quick run through the scriptural thing of where I landed, because uh, in some cases like Romans, I still can't get through Romans. I do have a very, um, I have a, another interesting thought. So and anyway, I, I, I think that, um, yeah, I think, you know, that's like yesterday, I just, I learned that um, the one archdiocese, there was a, there's a, there's a church somewhere, no, a Jesuit school somewhere where they want, they put the BLM flag up and the, the LGBTQ flag. And the bishop said, I'm, remo I'm taking mass away and I'm removing your affiliation with us because those two flags go against our teaching, right? Yeah. But then I was thinking about Copernicus or uh, he was, you know, and, and the reason I shift there is Copernicus, if I got the right one, was, was the first one that said, hey, uh, the earth actually moves around the sun, not the other way around, and was in big shit with the church because the <laughs> church said that's not true. And then now they realized, okay, well, he was right. He was right, yeah. So, so maybe the church needs to keep up with hey this is a legitimate thing that that's happening okay. and it's always been happening for as long as we remember it's been happening mm -hmm. and maybe we just need to catch up and realize that we've got to have this dialogue yeah and we can't be shutting people out and um so i think that's where i landed on it and that's and yeah i think that and, and i was able to get there and think okay anyway. I, have, I have one more question before it's like 40 minutes. I don't know how long you guys do. That's good. Um, was um, leaving, because I know you were already planning on like stopping, like not going to the church anymore. Yeah. Because uh, I knew you, were, you weren't going to plan the church anymore. But was was the intent after stopping planning or not planning the church, was it to completely stop going to church at all? Or was that, why did that happen? Because after we stopped the church plant, we stopped attending church. I mean, once in a while you'll go to mass, but was that a was that because um, I mean I'm not making it about me, but was that because Maybe I came you. out, or was that because the family was differing in religious opinions? Like to you, why was why did that stop happening? And like, how do you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if I was single, that would have been a lot easier because I could have just taken the time to step back and think through like what do i believe you know yeah and I, I'm, I'm very concerned about being influenced by other beliefs like your mom's had her journey and her and i have come to blows a lot about yeah hey you know what um don't be an atheistic evangelist towards me bridget although i think she's i don't think she's an atheist i think she's too pissed at god and the bible to be an atheist take that bridget what do you think of that <laughs> uh I don't know, but no, I, I think her I think her issue is with the Bible and how it can cause damage and how certain translations can cause damage. But yeah. but getting back to your question, um, I think I just needed to take a step back and, and really allow myself to have thoughts I didn't have before to see, to be honest about what I think were contradictions. And um, so there was that. I also was questioning if an evangelical could really have a friend because I had two guys <clears throat> who, um, you know, I one guy reached out and wanted to meet just for a beer, and, and really I was in a difficult spot, and I just, I just wanted a beer, but, you know, he was kind of saying, you got to go back to church, and it's like, you know, screw you guys, dude, I just don't be, I just wanted to, I just needed a listening ear, and you, you yeah. had an agenda. And another guy was like, why have you stopped reading the Bible, and, and you know, Really, I just so I needed to be around people who just weren't trying to fix me. Yeah. And I was starting to think maybe evangelicals can't really have friends because by by commission they have to be saving you or saving the backslider. Yeah. And and the, so I don't know. I mean, I, that's probably not fair. It's probably, but it, well, I'm not saying in all cases. But but I, I knew I was realizing that the importance of being being in the present moment. And I also was realizing that much of my journey was to get attention because I think like you, I'm an actor. And I like being in front of people. I like to sing. I like to perform. Yeah. So I think I needed to work through how much of my journey was to, to meet some of that performance attention. And would I be just happy just being alone with God and in my thoughts and being present to the moment? And I think being in God's presence is being, to me, is being present in the moment. Like sometimes I sit here on the most weekdays and just watch the birds and, you know, watch them uh, do crazy things and that's that's important so for me they are cute um but uh 
so okay that's a long answer but I, I did feel, especially for, I mean, Liam had kind of made his decision. I wasn't sure about you and Callum. I did feel like I should keep bringing you to church to give you an upbringing. And I wondered, did I give you the right upbringing? Did you, did you, did you have a fair chance at Christianity? Because I, I, I was all about, like, get you to, to the age of where you can make your own decisions. And I would, like, you know, it's like, like shoot you out the barrel of, of my religion and then you decide where. But yeah. I, I was worried that. It was like, uh, it wasn't quite shoot you out the barrel. It was like a sawn off shotgun where I didn't quite finish my job of bringing you to church until you were a certain age. And now the buckshot would go any old direction because I didn't, does that analogy yeah. ring through? Because, no, you know. I, I definitely think you did um, raise us to an age where it was gonna stick because, and I think that shows because I had my own opinions. Like you, but you also gave me that freedom to believe what I wanted to believe even if it was hard for you because that is hard yeah um, and I didn't think I would be able to leave like religion because I thought it would um hurt like you and mom but then I guess I've realized that even if it does even if it's hard for y'all it's still it's like you're not gonna make us feel bad about it. yeah because if Liam if like especially knowing Liam if Liam stayed in religion yeah it would have fucked him up like, well, in in I think it it, yeah, I think if he had stayed in that form, like like I look at myself and my siblings, we've stayed in. Um, I was gonna say we've stayed in Catholicism. I guess I've never left just by that statement, but none of us were messed up. I think we. I think you guys were raised in in fundamentalism, not completely yeah. though, because there was some like three sixteen was a very healthy space. Oh yeah, I, I think that. the the two park churches were healthy. I do think a church that will go unmentioned. <laughs> was very fundamentalist and very damaging. Yeah, <laughs> I I was not there long enough. Those. But I think there's circles of fundamental. In I mean, again, I think I think in all the churches there's there's people. Even if the even if there's a rationality coming from the pulpit, there's still people in circles and small groups who act as in-house um, theologians who can be wrong and cause damage. And yeah, definitely. I feel like I've rambled so much, Fanny. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's cool to hear. Huh? Cool to hear. Uh, did you learn anything? Um, yeah, a lot. Oh, you did? I rambled mostly on the other one, and Mom didn't talk that much, so I'm glad that you talked more. Well, no, because I really enjoyed hearing your story about your coming out. And, well, yeah, um, I didn't really have anything else to say on that, so, you know. Yeah, so I thought, um, since it's Father's Day, I wanted to um, hear about what I call my coming out, you know? Yeah. You know what else helped me was... Um, um, oh, so one more thing, and Bridget touched on this. There was a guy who... Uh, he's a guy who uh, uh, I would have said has a strong prophetic gift but as I've looked back I mean that's questionable I think he's got a um, you know he's got probably a 50% hit rate mm -hmm. on, on uh, predicting things but he had called me a few months in and said I believe there's a spirit of homosexuality in your house at work in your house was that before no I... it was after yeah it was after but he didn't know he didn't know I hadn't told him okay and he said I think it's around you know, he was saying, he was saying, I think it's around one of the boys, and I'm thinking, well, you got that wrong. You're, yeah. you, you're, it's around my daughter, and but then I was thinking, like, well, maybe, maybe he's saying something on social media. Let's be rational here. Yeah. But I remember that freaking me out, and then he brought it up again, and then what, what freaked me out more was, oh, is that possible? And then we were watching the Conjuring, Conjuring. It's yeah, funny when conjuring. you mention it, I kind of got. <laughs> Not, I mean, I think I'm in a mentally healthier state. But oh, sorry, we're watching The Conjuring, and he's talking about spirits attaching themselves to the kids. Yeah. And part of the reason that movie freaked me out, among mm. other reasons, was well, what if that happened? And so I had to cut off connection with him. But I was spinning on that, and I think, I think as I go through my own treatment, I think I'm uh, doing better with that. And because at one level, it's like, okay, God, if that's true, if if a spirit can make someone homosexual, where the hell are you? Yep. Where the heck are you in all of this? Like, you you don't have any protection? Is that all on me? And so I think rationally that just doesn't make sense. But I think it's, you know, I think the human brain has to, it avoids pain, right? It avoids cognitive pain and it has to make up things to find peace and have answers. And some of the answers we get to are odd. Yeah. Because as I go back, it's like, if that was true... The homosexual spirit has made you gay, but has not taken an ounce of your compassion and kindness away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, one more thing. And Mom mentioned, um, and it's true, 
one of my fears was, you know, and one of my fears was if the homosexual community is that small in percentage, that the pond you get to draw from to have a partner is so much smaller. And I yeah. worry about that. And I worry that because of that, you may not find someone, you may not find someone good. So what are your thoughts on that? I, knowing myself, that's not possible. I mean, even though right now I really want to be in a relationship, it's like seeing myself through high school, like I never dated through high school. My sophomore year, I had kind of a fling. It was like a few months, but it wasn't really anything serious because one of my, there were these two girls, one was a sophomore and one was a junior and they were like best friends and they were fighting over me don't know why that was happening i was i was not my best when i was when i was a sophomore i looked i looked like a baby and i didn't know how to dress or do anything but they still liked me um and then one of the girls like i guess she shoot her shot first and she like started texting me and then we like in quotations dated for a few months and we went on like one date it was kind of like a group thing we went to a movie um and that's really about it. We never, like, it was never, like, official, official. Um, and then I've definitely had, I think I've had opportunities. I've had people who are interested in me and who tried to get with me. But, like, knowing myself, I really have to like somebody. And I really have to want to be with them before I do that. Because I'm, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm scared of commitment. I'm scared of being in a relationship that I'm not happy in. Yeah. And that happened recently where I, where I broke, like, I, I kind of, like, hurt somebody before I like right before I graduated completely unintentionally yeah um I just wanted to go to prom with her I thought she was cool and then she ended up getting feelings I'm pretty sure and then I called it off because I didn't want to lead her on because I realized I didn't have those feelings so I I called it off and then um I hurt her feelings and it was kind of weird because I was in a friend group I was in a project with her and like her best friends so I was like the outsider, but um, yeah, I've and I, I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't date throughout high school. Like I have people that are younger than me, and they're they've done a lot more than me. But I'm like, the thing about me is I'm not gonna do that because I want to be in the right headspace and know that I like this person for who they are before I commit myself to them, or else. Worse. one of us is going to end up getting hurt and I don't want that so yeah yeah and I think it's best that I'm that I'm going to start dating after high school because I think I know myself more now yeah. than I did when I was in high school yeah you're very wise thank you yeah so are you thank you and then mom also mentioned about grandchildren I think I think uh, uh, again that's about me <laughs> and you I know I definitely want kids and I think I want I don't know if I I think I, I've been thinking more about like carrying my own kid i don't know and i think some but again that goes back to me or so okay so you can still have whether or not whoever carries me or my wife we're still gonna it's still gonna be part of me because if she carries it'll be my egg and if i carry it'll be her egg probably but maybe you want it to where it's like um because if it's i mean if i guess if i carry and it's like her egg then it's not technically related to me but i still birthed it no well, you were about to say if you want it what was the who was the you there did you catch yourself if what you, did I say? Yeah, you said if you want it i was wondering who the you was mm. it wasn't me you weren't talking about me i don't think so well because i think you know what oh if you want to have like a kid who is you being like if, carrying if one, on if one wants to have you're not talking about me not talking about yeah me. well now i think now i am oh. i think i was trying to say like if uh you still like if you wanted somebody who was like to carry on the irish like bloodline which is i kind of want to do that too but yeah but see uh, there and i think therein lies the problem on my side because there's this it's this oh carry on the genes carry on the blood have a grandchild that looks like me or or looks like my family like that that's very that's kind of self-centered and old-fashioned like if you adopt a child right which i want to do that doesn't have a parent and now does that that child will become my grandchild. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I guarantee you, I'll, I'll learn to love that child. Yeah. Even if I never met the parents. Yeah. And and it's about that's what it's about. It's about it's about a spiritual grand grandfatherhood and not not a physical one. There is yeah. you know, yeah. Is there something nice with the bloodline? Yeah, but it's but it's also very tribal, and I think it's kind of I think humanity needs 
an evolution of realizing we're all part of we're all one big family they wouldn't be able to have citizenship right if i break them because doesn't that just work for like the generation after like how does that work Oh yeah, of course they have citizenship. If 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 you have a ch- legal child that's yours, no matter if it's connected or not, bloodline, you they have citizenship. Do you mean Irish? You mean Irish? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, how long should I oh, no, go I th- down? Huh? How long? Oh, is I see what you're saying. You're, okay, I get you. I see what you're saying. Like whether I adopt them or birth them, whatever. I think it definitely goes down one more. So your children will have Irish citizenship. Okay. And American. Wait, not but not if I adopt a child. They oh yeah, they will. Oh really? Yeah, if you adopt, they have all the same legal rights as if you birthed a child. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. They actually, I've heard that actually they have more legal rights than your. So than like, your even if child. they're like not Irish at all, but I adopt them. Yeah, if you now if you ad- adopt the child, if you adopt the child from Africa, they're an Irish citizen. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if it's automatic. You may have to require the paperwork. Well, yeah, yeah. But that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. I knew a guy once who looked like Mr. <laughs> T, but his dad was from Kenya. His mom was from uh, Belfast. He looked like Mr. T, but he sounded like Lucky Charms. If you can imagine <laughs> that. So I could have a grandchild like that. That'd be cool. Be like, yeah, I have like. I no pity Irish. the fool. I pity the fool, <laughs> sucker. Be like, I have no Irish blood, but I'm yeah. citizen. That'd be cool. What are you um What are you watching these days? Uh, what's your media Ooh. take? Um, I am watching, uh, Game of Thrones. I am yes, I am on episode four. Did I'm you sorry. mean Queen of Wolves? Yeah. <laughs> That's what mom called <laughs> That's it. That's what mom called it yesterday. By mistake. She blamed it on her lack of sleep. Yeah. I don't know. If she. I don't know. She, she watched that... like four seasons of it. So. And then she gave up. Yeah. What a little quitter. I know. She's like, yeah, I'm bored now. I just got old. I was like, you well, bored you after it. four seasons. It's just getting rolling. I know. It's like it's like push starting a car and you're starting to get the sixty miles an hour. I'm bored. I'm bored. But yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah, I'm watching Game of Thrones because I stopped it for a while and I'm. Hang on, where are you? Because I told you to stop at six three. Yeah, and I did not do that. Oh, you I kept going. I think That's I right. finished six three, maybe, but I'm at the part where. Hang on, guys. Don't. If you have, if you're watching the show, or if you haven't finished it, just skip ahead. We're talking about. I'm talking about um, beginning of season six. Where I'm in the beginning of season six right okay. now. Okay. Yeah, if you uh, if you won't spoil, it, I'll just warn them that. Is there a spoiler? Well, coming? yeah, I'm gonna spoil it. She's, about, she's about to spoil it, so just um, move ahead. And I'll make a comment maybe of where she... Okay, go. Spoiler, okay, so spoiler. Jon Snow, um, he died and he just came back to life. He was yeah. resurrected by the, 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 red, red, witch, the red Witch. Um, who's actually an old lady. But, yeah, um, I get, I I'm around that. that spot. And then he hung the four men that stabbed him. Even the little boy who stabbed him. Oh, he hung them? Yeah, that he oh, hung them all. I forgot that. And what else is happening? Uh, and then uh, Arya is working on she just got her sight back so she can see again and cersei no khaleesi or um is it khaleesi yeah she is with the whatever doesn't matter okay i'm also watching tokyo ghoul which is an anime oh yeah i'm on i just finished season one i'm like season two episode three but i've heard that season two is super super confusing and like it doesn't make any sense and then once you watch season three you're like how did we get here but I guess it ties together at the end. But I'm watching that, and I like it. It's one of the most... It's, like, one of the most violent animes oh, yeah? I've heard. And it is pretty violent. Um, but, yeah, it's basically about these... Um, they're, it's called Tokyo Ghoul. And there are these ghouls who are basically... Um, they're like I guess they're kind of like vampires-ish. But they feed off of... Like, they have to have blood to feed or, like, survive... Um, and then there's the, the main character. He is half ghoul, half human. So usually ghouls have like two red eyes. They like, but this one he only has one red eye because he's half human, half ghoul, and he becomes like the strongest ghoul, one of the strongest ghouls. Like he's really strong because the half human, half ghouls. They're like, they're like hybrids. They're like really cool. Um, but they're sought after, and they people they people like the ghouls want to eat them because. Their blood tastes so much better. Or, like, their flesh tastes so much better. It's really weird. But I'm watching that, and I'm kind of also re-watching Grey's Anatomy, but that's on, like, the back burner. Mainly right now, it's Game of Thrones and Tokyo Ghoul. What are you watching right now? I just started Old Man last night with Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges? Is that right? Yeah, on Hulu. We just got into the halfway through the first episode. And, um... Very... You know, um, I'm not sure what it's going to be about yet, and that's okay. The, The pace is really good. Nice. It moves at an old man pace. I don't know how else to describe it. And it's filmed really well. So it's it's very intriguing. 
So I'll continue with that. Just finished Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah. Who, as you know, played Spider-Man. Yes. He's a, he, it, that was very good, too. I need to watch it. My friend Maria also really likes it, and she recommended it to me. Yeah, there was a, it's about a fundamentalist Latter-day Saints uh, cult that's doing the, is on the murder spree, based on a true story. That was good. Watching Breeders, Brit- okay, yeah, also on Hulu. Breeders. British show. Excellent show. Very much enjoyed about a husband and wife in London with their uh, raising kids. Husband has an anger problem. That's also excellent. And um, I think I'll get back. To, I'll try and catch up on Game of Thrones now. I've already this is my would be my second time through, and I'm very much enjoying that. Start, finished it last year for the first time. I'm uh, watching the um, hearings, the January sixth hearings on YouTube, and that's enjoyable because as much as I get Angry. discouraged yeah. about grandstanding idiots. <laughs> By the way, I'm not talking about. I'm not sensing that from this committee, but other committees. I always find that it's just an opportunity for congressmen and senators to get their moment of fame with their questions and cause a scene. I, it causes me such irritation. But in this case, I think the questions from this committee are good. Also, some of the witnesses are really articulate and intelligent, and that gives me a lot of hope, especially when I consider people overseas listening to these hearings, and it gives me hope because I don't think we always have the best we're not Americans aren't always viewed the best most intelligent people overseas but when you hear some of these um, government workers it's like they're they inspire me to speak with more articulation because yeah. they're so smart anyway that and uh, that's about it that's about it for media intake and then um, yeah nice alright alright well happy this Father's has, Day this has been the Sierra Ghost Podcast Thank with Finn Ralph and Brian Ralph the, and uh, lovely this is the fa- the father pride or this is the uh, part two of Pride Edition of Sea Ghost Podcast. Right. And happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. Love you too, Finny. All right. Bye bye. Bye.